Deep cries too deep. Last uh, Sunday evening we, we started this new series which is an attempt to introduce or reintroduce us to a particular way of praying that might be new to some people and yet it's actually centuries old and it's the practice or the discipline or the holy habit of praying the Psalms. Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book the Psalms the prayer book of the Bible he writes this that the Psalms are given to us to this end that we may learn to pray them in the name of Jesus Christ. And I must admit, it's been, uh, it's been great to hear how some of you have been picking this up and have picked this up during the week. And, and you've shared it with me and how you've found it so beneficial to pray the Psalms. I'll say a little bit more about that later. Now, before we do turn uh, and look at, at Psalm 84, I, I want to say a little bit more about this practice and about why we are looking at it together. Last Sunday, I mentioned that we as a church have recently been thinking about our vision. And that one of the, the key words to emerge from that process has been this word, engage. That we would love Windsor Baptist to be a place where people engage. Or are encouraged to engage with and in a variety of things. And one of the key things that we want to invite people to engage in is prayer. And so on Sunday evenings between now and the summer, we've started to explore and highlight how the book of Psalms, how the Psalter can help us to engage in prayer. And how it not only offers and provides us words to pray, but it also teaches us how to pray. That the Psalms, all 150 of them, take us or lead us into a world of prayer. And also they help us navigate our way in that world. Now, of course, the Psalms are not the only resource for prayer, nor is this the only way of praying. That's, that's not what I'm suggesting. But what I am saying is that for over 2,000 years of Christianity and then some, the Psalms have been a lifelong guide and companion in prayer to countless people of faith. And I don't want us to lose sight of that. Or, or worse still, to neglect the Psalms as an incredible resource and, and pattern for prayer. I honestly believe that for some people, and, and self-included, rediscovering this practice of praying the Psalms can actually renew or refresh or strengthen every single one of our prayer lives. And last week I offered this widely accepted, recognized definition of prayer, that prayer is the conversation of the heart addressed to God. It is deep crying to deep, if you like. And down through the centuries, I say many, many Christians have found in the Psalms a vocabulary of the heart to respond to God amidst various seasons and circumstances and challenges of life. And so here you find a vocabulary for expressing when you're on the highs and the lows, on the good days and the dark days, when you find yourself in the valley or on the mountain. Now remember, the Psalms are not so much the word of God to us. 
as we maybe understand so much of the rest of the Bible to be. It's not. The Psalms are the voice of humanity addressed to the Holy One. Or let me put that slightly differently, and maybe this is more accurate. Like the Lord's Prayer, the Psalms are God's word to us, telling us how to respond to his word to us. Let me read that again. Like the Lord's Prayer, the Psalms are God's word to us, telling us how to respond to his word to us. Eugene Peterson puts it like this. The great and sprawling universe that Christians have attended to learn to answer God, to learn to pray, has been the Psalms. And so it's in this place of education, it's in this place of learning, it's in the Psalms that we discover how to communicate and how to converse and how to respond to God appropriately and honestly and effectively and maybe more importantly, how to actually pray biblically. How to pray scripture. So often when it comes to prayer, we're not sure where to start. We're not actually sure how do we express what is going on within us. But the beauty of the Psalms is that they give us words. They give us phrases. They provide the blueprint for articulating our prayers. They encourage us to add your voice to the psalmists. So when you're not in a good place, when you feel disconnected, when God feels distant, well, turn to a psalm of lament. When your heart is bursting with thanksgiving, pray a psalm of praise. When you know you've messed up, pray a psalm of confession. Thomas Merton, in his book on praying the psalms, puts it like this. The psalms say this better than I ever could. That's so true. And I am sorry, he says, that it has taken me so long to discover the Psalms. I am sorry I have not lived in them. And I echo that. And in many ways, that's what this series is about. It's about encouraging us to live in the Psalms. To become more familiar and immersed in them. So that praying them is actually increasingly natural. It's almost our default. It it becomes a holy habit. And because I want this uh, series to be as practical and as accessible as possible, I want to uh, identify two key ways to pray using the Psalms. We can either pray with the Psalms or pray from the Psalms. And now in praying with a Psalm, I, say, I, want, I really do want this to be as practical as possible. In praying with a Psalm, You actually take and adopt the words of a particular psalm as your own prayer. In other words, you use the words and the phrases more or less as you find them. And then you apply them to your present situation or circumstance. And so in praying with a psalm, you often choose a particular psalm or a genre of psalm to reflect your situation. So if you want to come before God in confession, where do you turn to? Somebody give me a psalm that you would turn to if you wanted to confess, if you wanted to bring a prayer of confession. Psalm 51. Or Psalm 31. And just take those words as you find them and pray them. Now obviously the thing about this is that it involves knowing which psalms reflect 
and relate to how you want to pray. But as we immerse ourselves in the Psalms, then that awareness, I want to suggest, develops. Now, if you're not familiar with the different types of Psalms, then it is my intention, says he, to actually have a list available next Sunday for everyone that classifies all the Psalms and kind of says, listen, if, if, if this is where you're at and you want to pray into this situation, then here's a Psalm that can connect with that. So that, that's my intention. It's not a promise, it's just an intention. Uh, the other way then to pray using the Psalms is not just to pray with them, but to pray from them. And that involves using them as a source or a guide for your own prayer. So, for example, here's just three ideas. You kind of use a psalm as a launch pad for your own prayer. So you take what a psalm refers to and you build your own prayers around the themes or the specific ideas in a psalm that grabs your heart. Or, alternatively, you take a phrase, you take a line from a psalm and you use it throughout the day as a source for meditation or as a trigger for a number of other short, self-worded, extemporary prayers. Or why not take a psalm? This is another way of praying from the psalms. Why not take a psalm and then write your own version of it? Allowing it to spark your creativity and fuel your own words. Now, during the week, I got an email from someone who was here last Sunday. Someone who shared their their positive response to this practice of praying the Psalms. And attached to their email was a copy of their own version of Psalm 139 that they shared with me. And it was absolutely brilliant to open that one morning and read it. And it was a great example of somebody praying from the Psalms. And that person has suggested something to me. For, to, to an idea for, to use during this series. Why not invite people to take time over these next seven weeks to do exactly that? To write your own version of a psalm and then send it to me, email it to me. And then what I propose to do is to compile them. We'll keep them all anonymous, don't worry. But compile them all together and make them available as a resource. So if that's something you want to pick up, that if you are praying a psalm and you want to pray from a psalm during these next seven weeks and write your own version of it, then fire me a copy. We'll compile them all together. So you can pray with a psalm. You can pray from a psalm. One more comment before we turn to Psalm 84. I've kind of suggested that you can choose psalms that reflect where you're at and then pray with them or from them. But there's also a place, and I thought it was important to mention this, there's also a place for praying the Psalms in some kind of order. Bonhoeffer, again, was very keen that his his students prayed the Psalms as they come in the book of Psalms, namely 1 to 150. And that praying the Psalms should be done in order. So do one per day, for example. And that means that personal preference doesn't always determine the psalm you pray and it also ensures that you move through a cycle of praying different kinds of prayers over a period of time and that's a good practice because if there may be some people and you're not in a good place and therefore you're always praying a psalm of lament and that's great at one level but I would suggest that there's times you also need to pray psalms of praise and psalms of trust and psalms of confession etc 
And there are also other suggestions for praying the Psalms in a particular order in the Roman Catholic Church and the Anglican Church. There are recommended cycles and people are encouraged to follow particular patterns. During the week I also came across an idea of praying certain types of Psalms on days of the week. So for example, it's a great idea, on a Monday pray a Psalm of Praise. On a Tuesday pray a Psalm of Trust. On a Wednesday pray a Psalm of Confession. On a Thursday pray a Psalm of Lament. And so on. And so that over a week you go through this cycle. And my point in referring to all this is simple. I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I'm not wanting to be prescriptive. I'm just keen to earth this. I'm really keen to just provide triggers that hopefully might inspire people to go away and develop this practice. But what I would say is this, that praying the Psalms in your daily and personal worship requires discipline. It, it really does. It requires commitment and a certain amount of resolve. By, but I honestly believe, as many have found, that the return is considerable. And I know some, one person shared this morning with me how they're, they're up to Psalm 7. That since last Sunday they've decided to take the first, a psalm a day, the first seven, and pray them. And they've found it incredibly beneficial. So yes, it requires commitment. It requires resolve. But the benefit is considerable. Let's turn to Psalm 84. Last week we, uh, we reflected on a psalm of lament where in the space of only six verses we listen to a prayer of protest and a prayer of petition and a prayer of praise. I didn't have those three P's last week, but I found them during the week somewhere else. I thought those were a good idea. I wish I'd found them a week earlier. But anyway, that was last week. But Psalm 84 is quite different. It's certainly not a lament. But how would you describe Psalm 84? Okay? Psalm 51, Psalm of Confession, Prayer of Confession. Psalm 13, we looked at last week, Psalm of Lament, Prayer of Lament. How would you describe Psalm 84. Well, let's stand together and pray it. And, and I really want us to actually pray it, okay? So it would be great if you could see a copy of God's Word. Uh, it's page 595 in the red Bibles that are in the pews. So let's stand together. Just as you do that, have a little look under the, under the, the reference where you will see that it is for the director of music. So as well as a prayer book, and I know many of you uh, realize this, the Psalms, the Psalter is also a song book. Many of these prayers were set to music. They were sung prayers. Now I have no idea what the original tune was, the Psalm 84, although we are going to attempt to sing a version of it at the very end. But let's read, or let's pray together. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young. A place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. 
Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shade. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose way of life or whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed are those who trust in you. Amen. So, it's a prayer of what? It's a psalm of what? Well, I want to suggest to you that Psalm 84, amongst other things, is a prayer of longing and a prayer of wholehearted worship. This is a psalm to pray whenever you are hungry for God. And I don't know if that's where you're at this evening. You're hungry for God. Whenever you long to spend time with God in his presence, lost in wonder, love and praise, then this is the prayer for you. It's a psalm to pray whenever you need to be reminded about the importance of being in that place of worship. It's a psalm to pray whenever you need to affirm who God is and what God is like. Now, in terms of the author, most people think it was David, who, for whatever reason, seems to have been restricted from attending or was unable to attend the place of worship. He couldn't join others. For whatever reason, and lots of people have suggested reasons, but for whatever reason, he couldn't join others in bringing his offering of worship. And that affected him at a very deep level. And so for many people, this is a psalm that, in, that encourages us to remember the importance of this, of what we are doing here this evening. It's a psalm to remind us of the importance of gathering with others to worship God. And that is clearly a valid perspective on this psalm. And it's obviously a practice that we believe is important and biblical and we would want to encourage. But let me explore the psalm a little bit more closely because one of the first things that you pick up, or at least I hope you picked up from it, is the intensity of the emotion. This prayer comes from deep within. This is deep crying to deep. And these are not just mere words. These are honest-to-God cries of desire fueled by passion. Listen again to some of these opening words. My soul yearns. My soul, God, even faints. My heart, my flesh, they cry out. And the strength of feeling is obvious. It's extreme. His whole being is engaged. This is body and soul. And so you're immediately, or I hope you're immediately drawn into the prayer because it's clearly a prayer that comes from the heart. The sense of longing expressed here is captivating. And what's really interesting for me is the discovery that the writer is in fact consumed with love sickness. As I was preparing for this during the week, I discovered that that is the literal meaning of the phrase, my soul even faints. The literal meaning is, here was somebody dying of love. Someone consumed with love sickness. But the critical issue is, why? 
Why are they feeling like this? Why such emotion? Who has captured his heart to this extent and this level? Well, let's listen again. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, it even faints for what? For the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh, they cry out for what? For the living God. Here is someone who longed to know and experience the immediate and intimate presence of God. Someone who had become lovesick for the living God. Are you lovesick for God? Someone who wanted to worship God with their entire heart, soul, strength and mind. Someone who could actually pray. And I love this. Someone who could actually pray that better is 24 hours in your presence than 24,000 hours anywhere else on this planet. That's an incredible thing to say. An incredible thing to pray. An incredible thing to sing. question is, can we add our voice to that prayer? You'll notice that the the writer of the prayer, David, feels this desire so intensely that he's actually jealous of a couple of birds. The sparrow and the swallow, they're able to find a home. They're able to raise their young in God's immediate presence. Plus, he finishes that little section of prayer by saying, you know, I'd love to swap places with those people who actually live in the house of God. The tabernacle, subsequently the temple. Because they have the joy, he says, of always Praising God. And that is David's desire. To consistently sing of God's goodness and God's character. This is the cry of a passionate, wholehearted worshipper. And for us, we can echo this prayer. We must echo this prayer. But echo it knowing that we don't have to gather with others in a specific place to praise and worship. Although that's an important thing to do. Don't have to do it. We know that we can experience now and enjoy God's constant presence wherever we are and that our lives, our whole lives, should in fact be an offering of wholehearted worship to God. Spurgeon, the joy of worship belongs not to the half-hearted, listless worshippers, but to those who threw all their energies into it. Neither prayer nor praise nor the hearing of the word will be pleasant or profitable to persons who have left their hearts behind them. Psalm 84 is the prayer of someone who longs to worship the living God with all they have got. Hearts totally, fully engaged. The question tonight is this, is this our prayer? Can it be? Should it be? And then right at the end, we find words that Roy referred to. Beautiful, poetic words that express what God is like and what he does. Here are words that communicate and tell us why a day in God's presence is better than a thousand elsewhere. For God is a sun and shade. And he bestows favor and honor. And no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. God is our son. 
He is our ultimate source of light and life-giving energy and power. Physical life depends on the sun and our spiritual lives and our spiritual well-being are absolutely dependent upon God. We cannot do without him. It's in him we live and move and have our being. And therefore in our lives we constantly need to recognize as the psalmist clearly did that God is the true source of my light and my life-giving energy and power. God, you're a son. And you're a shield. You're a protector. On the good days and on the rubbish days. When we find ourselves in the valley or on a mountain. And there will be times whenever we're going to have to dig deep. Whenever the world, the flesh and the devil throw all they can at us to distract us and to discourage us and to derail us. But let's not forget that we are never totally exposed or completely vulnerable. Because God is not only our source of light and life-giving energy and power, he is also our protector. He's always there for us, guarding us, watching over us, caring for us. God is your shield. And finally, here's what he does. He bestows, great word, don't tend to use it very often. He gives favor kindness, grace and honour. It's all wrapped up in those words. And he doesn't withhold anything good from those who do what is right. And so here we have a prayer that reminds us to seek to do what is right. We won't always get it right. We covered this this morning. But it's about those who seek to walk blamelessly before God and for those whose walk is blameless for those who long to please the Lord they will enjoy the extravagant abundant generosity of God Psalm 84 is a prayer of longing it's a prayer of worship and if you are hungry for God if you long to know and enjoy his immediate and intimate presence, then can I encourage you to pray with this psalm and pray from this psalm in these next few days.